Welcome to another episode of the Waypoint Pastor's Wives podcast. My name is Stacey Bishop. I'm your host. I'm a pastor's wife, of course, a mom of four, a worship leader, a podcaster, and I'm here along with Waypoint to let you know that you as a pastor's wife are not walking this journey alone. I'm so glad that you're here with us today. Well, I am so glad that you're here with us today as we continue our series on being, raising, and loving pastor's kids with Esther and Sierra Bennett. Sierra is one of my best friends in the entire world. She lives here locally in in Virginia where I live. Um, She works for FEMA and grew up as a pastor's kid, a missionary's kid, all of the things. And her mom, Esther, just happens to be here for Christmas. She's visiting from Georgia. And so I was super grateful to be able to sit down with them together and hear their ministry stories. So Esther and her husband, Bob, Bob went to be with Jesus almost two years ago. And so it's really kind of sweet to be able to sit and uh, just give some honor to his legacy along the way. But they served together and were called into ministry later in life, but they served as pastors, as church planters, as missionaries. They've kind of done it all. And so hearing their perspectives in the different seasons of their ministry was really fascinating to me. Um, I really just was on just hanging on every word that they said and could not have enjoyed this conversation more. Um, Sierra also has a brother, Shannon, who's about five years older than she is. And so you're going to hear some stories with Shannon involved today too. But I think you're just going to love this conversation and hear the hope um, for each of us as pastors, wives, and people raising pastors, kids, because of just the joy and the love that Sierra and Esther exude, not only for each other, but for the Lord and for ministry. Um, I will say, this conversation did not want to happen. We sat down and we recorded and we got an hour through our conversation and I hit stop and my software had saved 42 seconds. So we had to start completely from scratch, which you'll hear at the beginning of our conversation, us laughing about maybe we'll get it right the second time. Um, but <laughs> it it's a little rough. The, the audio quality is not what it should be. And I am very sorry for that. I've done my best to edit it in a way that's listenable. Uh, But I promise you, you're going to love this conversation and you're going to really just come away encouraged because of it. So let's dive in to this conversation with Esther and Sierra Bennett. All right. This is going to go nothing like it did the first time. You do know that. Like, we're going to have a totally different conversation. Yeah. And it's going to be just as good. I can't remember the, other, the same stories. <laughs> I don't even remember. But welcome to the podcast. Thanks. So, so that people know which voice is which, can you just give yourself a quick introduction? Hi, I'm Sierra. I'm the daughter. I'm Esther. I'm the mother. Very good. So... You grew up as a pastor's kid. I did. I grew up as a pastor's kid and a missionary's kid. My parents did church planting and then pastored a regular, right, I don't know, I guess regular church <laughs> <laughs> for a while. And then we were missionaries overseas. Wow. But you didn't start out that way. No, we didn't. We didn't begin until 
I, we moved to Washington when I was 30. And we just gradually went to a small Sunday school that was a mission point. Yeah. And the missionary there encouraged my husband to push on out to the other um, side of the county. And little by little, that's what we did until if we're going to do this, we got to. I got to go to school. <laughs> and we went to Bible school. And came home and started doing the same thing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. We were talking the other day. What sounded like reminded me of Little House on the Prairie with the <laughs> circuit riding ministers that yeah. would go from yeah. church to church. Uh, uh, yeah, American Missionary Fellowship that we worked with. And they would go into a community with no church. Yeah. They would not go in. If there was a church, a Bible-believing church, they had no ministry there. Yeah. So they'd go in little tiny communities, and if there was no church there, they'd get out and just meet people, do vacation Bible schools, whatever, anyway, anything to meet people. Yeah. And start ministry there, and then sometimes you'd have three or four going on at the same time. Wow. It's crazy to me that that was like 40 years ago, not, you know, like, not like 100 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 200, yeah. Well, Kelly only had, um, it was like two people per square mile. Wow. <laughs> Half the county was reservation, Indian reservation. Wow. And very uh, cowboys, miners, loggers. And Vietnam vets. That's quite a combination. It's a very interesting demographic. It's a little different than we have here know, right? in Northern Virginia. That's funny. A lot of rough. Yeah. A lot of poverty. But yeah. But hmm. a wonderful place. People were wonderful. <laughs> Sounds like it. Great place to raise kids. Oh. What What do you What are your memories like? Your did you love it? Did you hate it? What was it like? I enjoyed it. Like, <laughs> just now when she made the comment, it's a great place to raise kids. I in my head was thinking sometimes because it's a small community. Like, you couldn't do anything without <laughs> everybody. Like, you couldn't make it home before your parents had found out. <laughs> that you That's know. funny. <laughs> but in all, in all honesty, I enjoyed, like, um, the places that we got to go. Like, these were some really remote Calm towns out in, in the middle of nowhere, and like we would meet in the most unusual places, like um, the like in a barn with everybody sitting around in the middle of winter in a barn, and everybody <laughs> sitting around this wood stove to stay warm. It was Little House on the Prairie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we went to a commune type of thing, and um, which I thought was great because I could just run around playing all. <laughs> Great for me. So we went to reservations, as mom said. We wow. did ministry on the reservations. So you you did time in church planting. You did time in the missionary stuff. Um, but Bob also pastored in a traditional church. For you as a kid, mm-hmm. Sierra, was, did, did you notice differences between the two? Like more expectations or? Absolutely. I did. Like in the church planting 
my dad was never officially the pastor, so it wasn't like there was any sort of expectation. Yeah. It was just like we were guests. I don't know. Like, it was just totally different. And it was a lot wilder in those. <laughs> like, it was mostly, like, people who were coming to church for the first time. Yeah. It wasn't, like, an official church or whatever. So I didn't feel any sort of yeah. dad's expectations. <laughs> Do you think the difference in that was, like, at least in my experience, in a church plant, you're reaching more unchurched people, mm-hmm. whereas in a church, a traditional church setting, you have people who have church history and expectations of what they think a pastor should be like. And Yes, because when we, we pastored the church, it was awkward anyway because <laughs> it became a church that had been a church split. Yeah. Even as few people as there had been, yeah. there was a church split. And the pastor asked Bob to come in and see if he couldn't put it back together. (laughs) Sounds like a terrible job. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so they ended up forming a new new church and coming up with a new constitution, constitution, statement of beliefs. But it was all people who came from different, even different church backgrounds. Yeah. So there was all that, a little bit of tension there, and the ones who ended up in more leadership roles definitely had prior expectations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. In church planning, it was brand new Christians. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they're all excited about the Lord, <laughs> and they're, you know, it's all new to them, and you're watching them grow. Yeah. And in a church, people who have been in churches for a long time who definitely have. Yeah. And it's never about anything scriptural. Oh, no. (laughs) Never. (laughs) I I do think a lot of it comes out of the way they've been hurt by the church, too, at times. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's reactionary in a lot of ways, which is unfortunate. But, yeah, I, I, I would like to talk to other church planners and see if their perspective is the same. Like, it's it's it has to be a little easier mm-hmm. with people who don't have that prior knowledge of whatever whatever a pastor is supposed to look like. And then the church is, it's amazing when you go in like that, you don't end up with a necessarily a traditional church because yeah. maybe that's not what those people need. Sure. Because maybe it's all ranchers. So you can't have church on a Sunday morning because they're busy. Yeah. Maybe Tuesday afternoons is Oh, wow. Or, I mean, yeah, that's true. It fits the needs, and in a needy community, yeah, the giving part and serving part, yeah, fits right in. So it's, yeah. it comes out to be more like a New Testament church. Yeah. You know, we're not meeting on the Sabbath anyway, so you might as well be on Tuesday. <laughs> we don't have a building. We yeah. Know there's no steeple. <laughs> yeah. Know we're going to meet too much snow. We're going to meet in somebody's house this week. Wow. You know. So a whole different. Mindset. So tell me about that church in Washington, that first church that kind of launched you guys out. You you talked to me earlier about um, they still to this day don't have their own building. No, they don't. They're we're Sunday school three days a week. I mean three weeks a month, and then a missionary would come, and it was Sunday school for all ages. Yeah, and a missionary would come one Sunday a month. 
and preach. We'd have a regular preaching service, everybody together, and we do communion. And they traded firewood wood, and kept the fires going all winter to be able to use a community hall. Huh. And wow. So there was only like a couple of Sundays a year that we weren't we couldn't use it. Wow. When they'd have festivities sure. or something like that. And um they handled all the funeral we didn't we didn't we didn't have a mortuary. And oh, wow. So funeral services were yeah. right there at the community center sure. and we'd feed all the people oh. that would come. Yeah. And just have grave-sized services. Sure, but you were meeting real needs in your community. Real needs yeah. in the community. And wow. The outreach, and they were our singing church. They were the ones who would pray for us. They're the ones who um, supported us what they could. They're the ones who supported us when we went overseas into missions. And somebody from the church, we could never get them to tell us, <laughs> somebody paid Bob's tuition. Oh. At Bible College. Wow. And <laughs> we got up there. We sold our house so we could go to Bible College. Wow. And we got up there. Somebody had already paid our oh. tuition, so we were able to live off of what we yeah. sold the house for. That's incredible. But they did that. They raised up. They sent several kids to Bible College. Several young people went into missions yeah. all over the world. And... They built churches in India, didn't have a church building themselves. Huh. They had built church buildings in India wow. in Papua New Guinea. And wow. they they had a real Old Testament type church yeah. where they would still, even as many people as went to church there, during the winter time, the missionary would come and do Bible studies, but they'd be in somebody's home. They mm. moved from home to home yeah. in the church all winter long so you could stay warm. And Wow. <laughs> it's, that's just, it's still, like, it sounds so, like, old-timey. I know. I, I, I love it. I think it's such, like, what an incredible concept. It's super, like, it's very simple, Let's, yeah. which is how church should be. Yeah. It should not have to be so complicated. And being a small community. The school teachers, most of the yeah. school teachers. Yeah. It, and it was an only church in town. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and all we had in town was a store that had the post office in the store with gas huh. pumps outside. Yeah. And a bar and a restaurant, a cafe that was open two days a week, I think. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And a school. Yeah. That was our town. And so Christians would, you'd see Christians sitting outside the store. Mm-hmm. If you had prayers, they would pray together. Oh, wow! Outside of the store, it was just so basic. Yeah, and but so real. Yeah, and like how it should be. Mm-hmm. And I think there probably is something to the the culture on that coast too. Things being mm-hmm. a little less settled and. Mm-hmm. You know, we are very prim and proper over yes. here in Not the East. Out west. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was right on the Canadian border yeah. and being so unpopulated. Yeah. And reservation. Yeah. There very and different. Very different. I love that. And it was 
your relationship with the Lord had to be so real. It was yeah. so day to day. Right. Because you didn't know, I mean, between the weather, over half the county lived off grid. Wow. <laughs> wow. So it was, we had a paved road north and south, one paved through the whole <laughs> county. Mm-hmm. One went east, paved road. Two paved roads in the county went west. Wow. The rest were dirt roads. Yeah. And so everybody needed everybody. Yeah. And the church met the needs. Well, and that's, isn't that the opposite of how we function? We don't (laughs) want to be needy. We don't want to be needy. We don't want to help other people. We just want to exist on our own. Mm -hmm. And I remember we had a suicide in our home and there was quite a mess to clean up afterwards. Yeah. And the ladies from the church went oh. to the home mm-hmm. for the wife. It was the husband. Wow. And they went to the home and took her in. Yeah. While, went to the home, cleaned the home. Wow. Painted the walls. And so she could go home. I mean, it was practical. That's the literal basic <laughs> meeting of needs. I mean, mm-hmm. that's, and that, I think that's. If you boil the gospel down simply to what we're supposed to do for people, it's meet their basic needs and love them. You know, like mm-hmm. that's. I think what you really cool. do with the homeless mm-hmm. yeah. is that saying you love them. Yeah, you show them you love them. Yeah, and you show them the Lord loves them. Yeah, it. There are parts of me that think, "Gosh, I should move out west. <laughs> it's different." We have really harsh winters. <laughs> We always tell ourselves yeah. when we think about going back, we're like, but remember all that shoveling we had to do? <laughs> it is, though. It is, like, I think nowadays and this part of the country, it is, like, finding ways to practically meet the needs of people mm-hmm. without offending them because you're trying to be helpful yeah. or you think they might need help. Yeah. It is. It's a different, it's a different ball game. That's mm-hmm. for sure. I love that. And that the fact that they're they have planted so many churches across mm-hmm. the, the globe yeah. is just incredible. Um, it's good group of people. Yeah, <laughs> yep, they love Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now you mentioned, um, you talked about being overseas. Mm-hmm. So that's a totally different aspect of ministry. Was your role there as the missionaries kid different? You were working, you guys were at a school, right? Right. Yeah. We lived um, in Plum, Micronesia, and we were um, at an all-girls boarding school. That was the chaplain in wow. classes, and mom taught classes there also. And I think it was a high school, so they were the same age as me. I was yeah. turned 16 like, there. a week after we got different. there, I think. Wow. And... Um, that was totally different. First of all, because I was American, so I'm the only blonde-headed white girl running around <laughs> in, in, the country, in the country, yeah. not just the school. Oh, my <laughs> word. So there was that aspect to it. But I, like, attended classes with them and all that. And, I, like, mom, yeah, mom has said, too, like, how um, I kind of feel like I was, like, the um, gateway to help with the ministry because, like, yeah. they let me just be part one of the girls. Yeah. You know, like, they didn't look at... Um, like other stories of other people that kind of segregated their kids and so like as if they were better than the locals or something like that. Yeah, that doesn't express love very well, does it? The missionaries we replaced yeah. had, wouldn't let their children oh. 
What a sad, what a mm-hmm. sad way to live. Yeah, and the girls, if the girls weren't necessarily Christian who came there, sure. But the point was that when they would go home, hopefully, yeah, they would be, and then take the message back to their own, yeah, villages. And it was important. She was Sarah was like our in with the kids, <laughs> and mm-hmm. she would bring her. She had a best friend that she mm-hmm. still stays in contact yep. with. Wow. That was from Yap. Mm-hmm. And that girl practically lived at our house. Mm-hmm. Because of Sarah. Mm-hmm. So is she the one you got lice from? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the one. That happens when you're laying them down together. Yeah. That's one of my, <laughs> one of my many favorite Sierra stories. <laughs> yes. and they were quite large. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh. And over there. Making my head itch. I, I think that is, that's ministry in a nutshell, though. Like you, it's a family thing. You can't segregate your kids from it. No, they play such an important role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I liked it. Like, um, I think it gave me a good outlook on the world because I did have such a, like, diverse upbringing and yeah. so many different type of people. Like when we went to the reservation. I would help do vacation Bible school, and then I'd go outside and play with the kids, you yeah. know, like, when we're in Palau, those are my, I just was yeah. one of them, you know, like, and it helped me um, kind of not always be looking at myself, like, yeah. it gives you more of a servant attitude, I guess. And I, until you said that I hadn't thought about it, like, I know that you are more of an introvert, but you are like the least judgmental person <laughs> I know, like, you love everyone the same, like, you, there is no, mm-hmm. no person that's not good enough for you to be friends with and I'm glad that you can see you can see how that would mm-hmm. be affected yeah. the way you were brought up yeah definitely dad we joke about dad is always bringing home strays <laughs> he, he really did <laughs> he worked at a dog court for a while which is like this program it's a government program for ages like 16 to 24 or something like that and they go live there it's like a whole thing but if anybody wasn't going home for the holidays they're coming to our house if they're not going to be nowhere to go he would load up like he actually got at one point they would let him take a bus because there were so many people and take them to church on Sunday oh my <laughs> word group or to wherever it was going that's so funny <laughs> so they'd have all that age mm-hmm. the high school wow person. they'd have Sex school in the bus because there was such a group. That's so He's funny. Bible camp and the government just doesn't do that. Yeah. Not anymore. Uh-uh. They would even cook food sometimes to take like those big trays of yeah. food because they were sending so many kids. They felt bad like if we were having a potluck or something. Wow. They would say. <laughs> it's just crazy the, how much life can change in yeah. that amount of time. Mm-hmm. Oh but man. We had them show up after they got sent home and mm-hmm. they didn't do well at home. Yeah. And show up on our doorstep. Oh, yeah. Because they knew Bob loved them. Yeah. Yeah. Bob just. <laughs> so I get it from my dad, so that's a compliment. Gosh. Yeah. It's true. I'm going to call you little Bob. Yeah. Works for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, um, it's funny hearing the stories. Tell, tell the. <laughs> Tell the prison story again. <laughs> Another one of Dad's stories that he brought. <laughs> In the county seat, there was a young man who, um, that's where our jail was. Our county, we had a county jail. Yeah. And um, a young man had been found guilty of committing a sexual crime. 
against a girl about the same age as Sierra was at the time. Oh. In fact, it was one of Sierra's friends. Oh, no. And um, he had to be transported to the prison in the other part of uh, the state. For some reason, we ended up, Bob brought him home to spend the night <laughs> so they could leave early the next morning to make it to the, the prison. So we had to send Sierra over to <laughs> a friend's house. Somewhere to be safe. <laughs> oh, my so gosh. So we could have the prisoner at our house. <laughs> but that was Bob. Bob. His phone number was always at the jail. <laughs> so if anybody at the jail needed to see somebody. And that doesn't tell you something about the kind of person he was, that he would bring someone like that mm -hmm. into your home when you, his daughter, was the same age as the victim. Like, mm -hmm. that's just... That's a love that you can only explain by God. Like, mm -hmm. truly, you but can't. The amazing ending is that the guy got saved. No yeah, way. The guy got saved. Uh -huh. That's incredible. So, yeah, it's it, worth it. it. A little love goes a long way sometimes, right? <laughs> that's, in, that's just mm -hmm. super sweet. And the girl ended up in the ministry. Oh, wow. Yes, she was worked at an orphanage in oh. Mexico City. Wow. <laughs> So wow. the Lord can break it out of absolutely, mm -hmm. even what it seems like. Hey, if He can do good in us, He can do good in anyone, right? Amen. Oh, well, your your upbringing definitely had a massive impact on your faith. I mean, were there were there times when you like wanted to get away from it, like? you hear a lot of pastors, kids who grow up and leave the faith altogether. Mm -hmm. And I don't like, um, for me, no, you always, that is like the stereotype to you hear the yeah. kid who leaves home and goes wild and all that. It's terrifying. Yeah, right? <laughs> but for me, I never, I guess they put the fear of the Lord in there. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, I never did when I, like, I thought I would go into ministry. Like, that was always my plan. Not church ministry, but, like, missions work. Yeah. And so, since that was kind of my goal, I mean, I went to Bible college after high school. Yeah. So, I was always on that track. And, I, you know, I made some dumb decisions along the way. But even during those dumb decisions, I, I mean, I yeah. still believed in the Lord. I never, yeah. you know, um, doubted that or anything. But you definitely do hear those stories. But for me... I guess probably because I was on that track of yeah. doing mission work that um, I went to Fort, uh, just kind of stayed in it. You know? Yeah. But, and you're still in a helping career, yeah. which is, mm -hmm. you may not work for a church organization, but you still very much are, are doing God's kind of work, even if it's on behalf of the government. I, it's funny <laughs> to say that because me and dad both, because dad also used to work, do the same work for the government, but um I think that's probably the one branch I would want to work for. Yeah. Because I still feel like <laughs> it's doing good. Sure. You know, yeah. like, so. and even when when she came back from the mission field and broke her ankle up in Canada and couldn't wasn't able to return to teaching in Palau, she moved back to Georgia and stayed with us. But she went to work at a boys and girls club. Yeah. And she Used detention center and at a detention center, and at the boys and girls club, she'd go around and pick up kids, yeah, and bring them to church on Sunday morning, oh. and then we'd take, take them, them home, like that, or <laughs> and then we'd take them home, feed them, and then she'd take them back, oh, out to the projects, 
Yeah. And so yeah. she's she's served the Lord yeah. all along. Even. <laughs> well, I think we minimize how much we are working for the kingdom when we're not just working in a church or a mm -hmm. mission organization. Like there is kingdom work to be done in every job. As it um, should be. Yeah, not we should. The job of the church. Exactly. Like the pastor. pastor and their family to do the work. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Even the little things when, when she first started working for the government back here, uh, she started out as forklift driver. <laughs> 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 and one time, another warehouseman, she had to work opposite shifts. Uh, she worked nights. And then they wanted the guy asked her, What good, you know, you're driving a forklift. What yeah. good did Bible college do you? She goes, I can drive a forklift with a smile on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, gosh. I love it's it. It's always important. Yeah. But it is, it's our perspective. Yeah. Yeah. And it should. It should show. Um, yeah. It's funny. We, one of the questions I had put on the survey was, did you have any, like, I can't believe they did that horrible stories about people in churches. And I desperately want to hear one because people say that they are, they are horror stories. Nobody wants to be a pastor. Nobody wants to raise pastor's kids. And you couldn't come up with an answer, which is disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> All those stories. But <laughs> I know, right? It, it just shows the hand of the Lord on your lives. I do believe. Um, but in the opposite, what about a good story? Wow, There's so many good things that have Happened, but I mean, but specifically for like being a pastor's kid or missionary kid, I don't know if I can think of one story, but we kind of touched on it before too. Like, I just feel so blessed overall. Like, I remember things like um, when we were when in the um, you know traditional church, uh, like we've mentioned, like our area was everybody was poor, so that was not like you know, to be, like, abnormal, like, you know. You weren't just the poor pastor's family, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, like, we'd come home, and they'd, like, people would leave bags of food on the oh. uh, porch, and we'd come home, and it would always be the good stuff, like the name brand name stuff. Name brand you know, stuff, like, yes. Um, things like that, like, miscellaneous gifts over the years, just like that. The fact that I had, even though we didn't live near actual blood relatives, like, I yeah. had cousins and grandmas and aunts. Absolutely. And... Um, I think we have a bigger family at church than we would if we just counted our blood relatives, know, you know? Exactly. I, like, yeah. It's funny because, like, I even now, to this day, who would, you know, the people I consider, like, my aunts or cousins, they'll be easier to call them up than it would yeah. be my actual cousins or aunts if I needed something. I believe it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's true. But for me, I can't think of one experience in specifically, but just in general, like, I'm very grateful for the life I had. Like, yeah. I know it's not the norm, like, what people, are, it always cracks me up that people are so shocked by different things, but that was normal to me. Yeah, you know? someday we're going to convince Sierra to write a book, because <laughs> she has not even scratched the surface on stories today that are just, like, my jaws always on the ground, like, it's, ama it's amazing. Yeah, and I'm very appreciative for that, and just, um, I think, it, if anything, it did you talk about like bad stories or like falling away from the face. I think yeah. if anything, it had the opposite effect because yeah. I so it, the Lord taking care of us, the love of <laughs> church members like that yeah. was just the norm for me. So, sure. you know, like 
Yeah. It kind of just made me who I am, which I'm grateful for. Yeah. What about you, Esther? A good story. Let's see. I think one of the hardest things may have been when we left the mission field because she wasn't yeah. ready. Yeah. That was, she, that was, that broke her heart Aww. because she wanted to stay, but she went back. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I remember crying on the plane, like, oh, all the way, all the way to feeling, Guam. <laughs> and feeling bad because we were leaving because mom was sick. So yeah. it's like, you oh, no. selfish. Right. But at the same time, because we had decided in the summer in between, so like all my friends had gone home next yeah school started and so i didn't get to say goodbye oh and that was like the hardest thing for me and i remember just trying not to be <laughs> sobbing uncontrollably but like obviously she knew <laughs> that yeah that was very hard but when she had to go and a couple of them were there oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow college but i went to one year at bob jones university and they were at uh his cola Oh yeah, it's yeah. yeah. whatever yeah. that one is. And yeah. so I got, and it was one of the boys that was so cute. Oh my god! <laughs> so after the school year, I got to go down and see them. That's right, I forgot about that. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> mm-hmm. It all works together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you mentioned that being a particularly hard season uh-huh. for your health. Yeah, and but the Lord took about a year. Yeah. The Lord, Got me back on track, and we were back. Mm-hmm. We went home to that same that original same church. Home church. Yeah. And Bob would go out and was doing Bible studies places, and Sierra and I. And that's one time, since it was so traumatizing bringing her back off the mission field, um, even when we started going out doing Bible studies and all, Bob gave her her choice. Where oh. do you, this time, where do you want to go to church? Yeah. She was old enough. They actually let me decide where we moved back to. Wow. Because the town with that church in it is where I had gone to elementary school, but the town, which was only like 20 miles away, but still just the traditional church was, is where I went to uh, seventh grade and then homeschooled eighth, but then I went to ninth and tenth grade there. Yeah. So I had friends, you know, at both places and they let me. Um, choose where we went home to mm. and I chose the original place that I went to in school and then dad like mom said like I would they let me go to the they'd go out and do the church planting but didn't force it on you until she was ready yeah to go again that would be hard it would be hard I you know when we came here we had one kid and she was 10 months old so she doesn't remember leaving it wasn't hard on her mm-hmm you know 14 years later i cannot imagine choosing to pick up my family and leave i think that was the only time moving was hard i was so used to moving but that time yeah was that was the only time it was hard yeah wow but because we we went to palau expecting to spend the rest of our lives here. yeah mm-hmm. so it was it was a difficult it's understandable but, but she She's very flexible now, though. She always had to move around. <laughs> I know. It always cracks me up when I hear of people who are, like, so traumatized. By, like, I've lived in this house all my life, and now I have to move two blocks over. One time, please. I, like, went to three different high schools, 11 different schools. Yep. But, and then our son went to three. So that's wow. three high schools. And he, they were four years apart. So that says wow. how many times wow. the kids had to move. And his was in two different countries, too, because he went oh to my goodness. grade in Canada. 
Wow. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. And now he lives in Hawaii. I know. <laughs> Still think he got the better end of the deal here. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Like, if you had a piece of advice to give either a parent or a pastor's kid, I from both of you, like, what, what would you... What would you say? For pastor's kids, I guess I would just say, hang in there. (laughs) (laughs) And whether they believe it now or not, like the experiences they have will be good for them. Yeah. And like the things that their parents, you know, are have teaching or having them do or whatever, like it's for their best interest, which is hard to see now. But, um, and just to, um, Embrace the good things, like the families that come out of it, yeah. and the, you know, all that. And on the other side, with the parents, I would say protect your children from the bad things. Yeah. Like, don't put the church's expectations on those kids. Mm-hmm. Like, let them be themselves. Let yeah. them, if they're going to run wild, let us run wild. Like, sometimes, you know, like, yeah. mom jokes about how I hated wearing shoes growing up. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And I would, this is before we passed, but it carried on. <laughs> like, when I was really little, we had steps coming out. I would literally stop on the stairs and people having to walk around. So you could take your shoes off. <laughs> and then as I got older, like we were in Washington and in ministry, like I have my dress on or my skirt on. And then as soon as, as soon as church was over, the shoes would come off and I'd be climbing trees. Doing whatever, <laughs> like, but they loved me. Like they didn't. Yeah. You know, because you're still a child. Yes. And so. I know that churches, there's going to be people that have their thoughts about what the kid pastor's kids should be, and I think pastor just protect your kids from that. Because, like, I've heard stories now that I'm older mm. where apparently people had expectations about uh, I did not know. Yeah. mom and dad did good about shielding us from that. Interesting. So, Esther, how, yeah. do, you, how, how do you shield your kids from that? How do you... Protect them, have, have the in, in a loving Christian like manner. Tell people to leave your kids alone. You, in my case, <laughs> um, the woman was saying things behind and spreading things. Oh about no! And I just confronted her. In the, I saw her on one side of the street in this little town, and I confronted her in the middle of the street. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to be as nice as I could, but I yeah. was very blunt and just told her yeah. that these were kids. Yeah. Good and for you. For her to take care of her kids. And I will take, <laughs> and care, I will take of care of my kids. Good for you. <laughs> and because kids are kids. Yeah. And and it's sometimes it's hard too for parents with their children. Oftentimes, they come to know the Lord. The children come to know the Lord. We were talking about it this morning, I think, at a young age. Yeah. And Sarah was very young, six or seven, six or seven. Yeah. And it was genuine. Yeah. And she, but you always, you always worry, was it, you know, they were so young. Right. Is it real? Right. You just pray for them. And I think sometimes, I think maybe we were too Bob was very strict. <laughs> and I think Amen. we might have been, <laughs> we might have been too strict in many ways. Yeah. But, but 
but I don't think that would have changed if he was a pastor. Yeah, I don't think that. It's just who he was. I feel like that's how we are. Like we would be this strict, yeah, regardless of where we were. But mm-hmm. yeah, but um, at home, at home they were allowed to just be pretty yeah. much free. We had very few rules at home. Mm-hmm. Just I was just, like even simple things like I was a picky eater. At home, mom made sure there was enough. She would cook special. Yeah. Other things, but when we went somewhere, oh by golly, you're eating eat it. Whatever. Yeah. You. And, and you know, like, even when she had <laughs> to be on the mission field, she was really <laughs> some horrible things. And mm-hmm. she always had to have this glass of water, mm-hmm. and she cut them up into bite-sized pieces <laughs> that she could swallow. <laughs> Just a little bit of the water? <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you know, nobody would ever know that she was, but she was so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at home, they pretty much ate what they wanted and didn't want. And I think maybe not over protect your kids. Yeah. I think for both of my kids, maybe they weren't as street white when mm. they were out in the world. Mm. Maybe they've been a little protected too much gotcha. in some ways, but it was harder for them. Yeah. You know, it's hard to find that balance. That balance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we would have more impressed. We were, in all honesty, we were not good at family devotions. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bob had his. Yeah. I had mine. And we thought a lot of things the kids would pick up by us. Sure. Watching, right? Which they do pick up a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> good and bad, mm-hmm. by watching. And we didn't push the our children having daily devotions. Yeah, you know. And I would have, we would have tried. <laughs> Dad would try. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> and and we'd go, you know, a few weeks. Yeah. And then. I think that's pretty normal. Yeah. It's hard to force something that you want to be genuine and to co- you want it to come naturally to your kids. You want them to want it. Yeah. It's hard to force that. Yeah. But both my kids now. They're pretty good people. I know. They both love Yes. That's something I also would say for pastor's kids is it's so easy to become sort of numb to the church I guess because you're just so used to it yeah and make it your own like I it's one of my pet peeves when someone says you ask why did Lisa say oh because my mom and dad do like yes <laughs> yeah like learn for yourself like yeah. and I realized that it becomes so I mean it's just part of every aspect of your life yeah and so you just kind of take it for granted I guess or whatever and then like for me I went straight to Bible college so I mean I was immersed in church the Bible yeah. all of it sure for most of my life that I can remember but you have to learn what you believe yeah and why you believe it not right mom and dad say it because yeah. you know when do you feel like that switch happened for you I would say college yeah when it bugged me so much that everybody else said <laughs> And actually, my brother went through, like, you know, a stage where he would always say, you know, oh, you only believe that because mom and dad say that. Yeah. He used to make me so mad. I'd be like, no, I'm my own person. I'm not believe, you know? Yes. And so I would say, yeah, like, I, I kind of just, I mean, I always, like, I, like mom said, I got saved when I was little, like, six. And I always knew I was saved. Yeah. And I never questioned that. Sure. And I knew what I believed, and I never questioned that. Right. But I think I made it my own when yeah. people started 
trying to say, oh, it's just because mom and dad's yeah. kids, or because, and I, since I didn't like it, I wanted to know. Yeah. Well, I need to be able to prove it myself what the Bible says. Right. Was, you know. Yeah, when it's on you to defend it. it yeah. It's not just what's expected of me, I guess. Sure. As a pastor's kid, you're expected to know the answers. You're expected to know right. all this. Yeah. And now I want it to be able to, for my own self say. Yeah. And that's what I think would be a big thing is don't just take it all for granted. His, I mean, we do the special music. We yeah. have with the kids' clubs. We do everything as pastors. Clean kids. the toilets. Clean the toilets. We do it all as kids, but... And it's our lives. Right. But you need to make it your own and know it yourself. Yeah. Out of love for yeah. the Lord. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Not because it's expected, not because mom and dad expected, not because yeah. the church right. is watching, but because this is what you believe yeah. is what the Lord has done for you. Well, I think that's true for people in like adults in ministry too. Like true. you can't get caught up in the work of it that you forget to do it out of love. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it can become out of what's expected yeah that's true yeah but i will say it is i (laughs) from knowing both of you and seeing your genuine love for the lord all these years later after the things that you went Mm -hmm. through on the mission field in ministry the fact that you still like have radiant joy Mm -hmm. is is truly just an honor to witness um gives me hope for my future because <laughs> <laughs> i'm a few years down the road from you still um just don't ever forget the lord is always faithful yeah mm-hmm. if you stay in the ministry if you get out of the ministry always spend your life keep telling and teaching others yeah what scripture says but it's it's every bit True. The Lord will always be faithful. Yeah. He'll always hang on to you. And the older you get, the more real. Yeah, I'm sure. The more real it becomes. Yeah. When you look back, the Lord has never once let us down. Okay. It might be hard times. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but never once. Yeah. Always faithful. Yeah. yeah. When we left Bible college, Bob had left and gone back to Washington, and the kids and I stayed in Saskatchewan because school for them wasn't out. Oh, wow. And um, we were out of money. Mm. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why Bob had gone home to try to find some work. Yeah. And um, uh, I cleaned a farmer's house for enough money for gas. Wow. Home and the transmission was going out. Oh, no. Cart. And we loaded up this little Subaru <laughs> and headed out over the mountains. Yeah. And Bob said, well, if the transmission really, if it's making this noise, cut down into Idaho. Don't try to come across the last pass. And that the transmission was so bad, the kids were both in the car. And we're going, oh, oh, <laughs> rocking back and forth. We can make it. We can make it up the hill. We can make it up the hill. We can make it up the hill. And you we did. We made it up the last. And I thought we still had one more pass. That last one that we barely made up. Wow. <laughs> was the last pass. We got home. We made it all the way back home. Oh, man. And, uh, a rancher had... Um, a man from one of the Bible studies mm-hmm. gave us a house, a hundred-year-old farmhouse. Oh my goodness! To live in. Wow! And Bob was able to find work and jumped right back into the ministry. But wow! The Lord 
we'd sold our house and sold everything. I mean, we that's faith just, right there. Right. Yeah. Lord gave us a house. Yeah. I mean, the church Christian gave Bob a pickup truck to drive. Wow. And I mean, the Lord has always been yeah. faithful. Just never let us down. Yeah. <laughs> never yeah. And I, I, I agree the older that you get, and I, I say this with a few decades less than you, but <laughs> the, the older that I get, the the more that hope of heaven is what drives me. Yes. And I always thought as a kid, well, though, that's silly. Like, I got so much living to do. You yeah. know, I'm going to get married. I want to do this. I want to have, you know, babies. And um, and now it's just, you know, okay, come on, Jesus. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so real when, as I tell everybody, I mean, when Bob passed away a little over a year ago, Sarah and I were with him Yeah, when he went. And he went, and he was ready. It was his decision yeah. to be taken off of life support. And he went to the, we were with him when he went to see the, when he went to the Lord. And with a smile on his face, and it was, so real, it was almost like yeah. you could see the angels coming in. Wow. And that's what we believed our whole lives. Yeah. That we've taught. And, and that was like seeing it in action. Like seeing it. Zero doubt. Not that I ever really doubted. Yeah. Like you know what you believe is true, but that was the first person that I close to me that had passed like that. That I just know. I mean, there's zero doubt in my mind that my dad is in heaven. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've like, seen him pass, and like mom said, it was almost like you could see the angels there. And it's like now I can almost feel heaven. <laughs> yeah. I know. I yeah. Know. And it's it changes the great whole grief. Oh, it totally does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people who are lost do it. No, you know, because you wouldn't bring them back. Yeah. No, why would you want? If he's not coming back, he loves you dearly. Yeah, but he's not coming back. We talked about that. We're like, was it she? Who brought up to you about um, Lazarus when Jesus oh, raised him? Yeah. And Bob's favorite thing, he never raised his voice to me. Yeah. In 51 years marriage, he wow. never raised his voice to me. But <laughs> his, he would say, excuse me. Excuse <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> when he said, excuse me, uh-huh. you better watch out. <laughs> we, were we were joking that if uh, we were to like, have the Lord bring dad back. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. <laughs> and I could just hear him. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> He's where he wants. He's where he wants. Yeah. And someday we'll all get, we'll to, all get to, to be yeah, there, too. too. Yeah, And I'll get to meet Bob. And I, I can't wait. Get to meet him one day. He's on my, my like, top ten list of people <laughs> to meet. And it's also been interesting, like, since he passed, just, um, we've talked about this before, like, the lives that he's touched. So many. And, like, like, I work at the same place that he did, so I know we meet a lot of similar people. Sure. And then, obviously, with him being a pastor and church member, missionary, all that. Like, I know me and mom both have been not really surprised, but just like the impact, like people being so sad that he's gone, yeah. telling stories about things that yeah. he that we didn't know that he'd done. He left so a legacy. He did, and I mean, that's just what we heard. You know what I mean? Well, and exactly. Like, how many seeds did he plant that yeah. he never saw to fruition? That mm-hmm. you know, 
maybe in heaven he's gonna go oh i know you yeah <laughs> that's really cool that's yeah the, the different people that he'd led to the lord yeah and just mm-hmm. it's it's incredible what greater what greater job the, can you <laughs> Ministry is not for everyone, but ministry is for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Loving people is not always easy, but it is, um, it is so rewarding Mm -hmm. for sure. Anybody with children, just let your kids be kids. Yeah. (laughs) What about for the mamas? Do you have any advice for the mamas? (laughs) Sleep when you can. Just because for the wife, often it's genuinely the helpmate. Yeah. The ministry. That's right. what I was going to say. And just keep encouraging your husbands. Yeah. And don't take what people say. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't do it all. No. Yes. Yeah. No matter yes. what. You Very can't true. do it all. No. Even if people yes. expect you to do it all. <laughs> <laughs> they expect you to do it all. <laughs> Sometimes, um, for me, I am the one who expects me to do it all. Thankful for friends like Sierra who understand what it's like to be in ministry and can back me down. So. Mm-hmm. And listen to my mom. Don't do it all. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And know the Lord will never let you down. Yep. Never, ever. Any other thoughts about ministry life that you want to share before we wrap it up? No, I don't, I don't know. Just, I always felt like even when we were in ministry, no matter what, family was first. Mm-hmm. Not that we got first, obviously. Yeah. But like, mom and dad never put others first. Like, yeah. I, it was always us together as a family unit. Yeah. And I think, I don't know how you guys managed to do that, but I think that was very important because I never felt like um, I was losing out on time with you guys or parenting from you guys because you were always at church or you were always... That's know. interesting that you can say that after you told stories about having to go to other places so that a prisoner could... Go to <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just got to go stay to prison. <laughs> but I think it's interesting that that's the perspective God has given you yeah. over that because clearly there were times when... That is true. It's not... Like, there are times in ministry where you, it's not yeah. possible to choose your family first. That is true. Um, but I always felt like that's first. And that, <laughs> isn't that awesome? That's, I love that. Were you just driving with you? <laughs> <laughs> so that's why you always say that. That's what it is. Um, we had a ministry at a, um, in Canada, they were like an old folks home, but uh-huh. it, it almost all home. A lot of Alzheimer's. Yeah, and, uh, wow. we had a ministry there. We'd go in. Um, Bob would preach on Sundays, and kids <laughs> kids went to that too. Wow. And we would go and have services in the morning, and then eat lunch, and then in the afternoon go room to room. Oh wow. The kids. <laughs> there they were again. They wouldn't stay with us. Of course they not. Room to room. Sierra, Sierra had all her best friends. I, <laughs> I still like old people. <laughs> Both of them. You know, and here I have He was 10th grade. 10th grade. grade. And he, he just grew to love old people, too. That's so sweet. Yeah. First per- time Sierra knew someone who passed away. Yeah. Well, we went one Sunday, and yeah. she had gone to the room. 
Everybody wasn't there. Aww. But they always joined us in all the ministries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You learn a lot. Yeah, that's for sure. One of the worst things, if you're going to be a missionary and you have to deputate, hard for the kids. Talk about being on display. That was that's terrible. very hard for children. So what, did, what exactly does that mean? Oh, when you have to raise your money. Oh, yes, fundraising. And you, and you go to church to church. Church to church that you you know no one there. That sounds horrifying. And, yes. what your ministry's going and then to say, be. give me money. Yeah. It's begging. Yeah. <laughs> they tell you it's not. Oh, on behalf of the Lord. Come on. <laughs> yeah. You're asking people to, really, you're asking people to share in a ministry. Yeah. To be a part right. Of it. But it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that would be super awkward for a kid. It's oh, it was so. And I was a teenager. A oh, teenager yeah. Girl by myself going to these places. Oh, no. That I didn't know anybody. And I know we'd always have to sit in the front row. And I felt like everyone was staring at me. <laughs> and they'd always want to talk to you after. Oh, it's you know, good. I, oh, it was not fun. I love him, but pay my daddy's salary. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't end up. Oh, our, our little Sunday school came through. And we didn't oh, have to go there anymore. <laughs> I that's the one thing about church planting that I don't think I could do. Like I really don't think I could do that part. It was not fun. No. Then that's the only time I really felt like my poor kids were on display. So was there? Do you think there was a way you could have done that to make it less awkward for them? No. (laughs) Not take us, but I was always part of the ministry. Right. So right. If it was just me at the time, but yeah, yeah, Shannon's older. I mean, they did the best they could, but that was there was no winning that situation. What did you learn from it? To be quiet. (laughs) (laughs) To not become a spectacle. (laughs) I love it. Even when we went to, we had to go to a uh, mission we went overseas with, was a German mission, but they had their office in New Jersey and you had to go there and spend several sure. weeks and while they decide if you're yeah candidating or whatever yeah, yeah. and uh here she was <laughs> she got to go to that too <laughs> and, 15 years old hey well they didn't tell your parents they couldn't go to the mission or mission field because of you yeah, yeah. Like babysat the kids oh. there was a Japanese couple that had Aww. she took care of this mission being a German mission, yeah. they brought missionaries to the United States oh, wow. also. Yeah. And we was, need them. <laughs> there was a Japanese family that spoke no English. Oh, wow. And there was um, from Watusi. Oh, really tall, 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 tall. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a family. Wow. That were coming here. And they were all there. And Blonde so, little white Sierra. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> Japanese. It's interesting the mission normally with your kids on the mission field, if they were school age, they would send, oftentimes missionaries send their own children to a missionary school sure. in a different, the mission always before, if you had school age kids, you would send your children to the Philippines to a mission school. Huh. They, they, Academy or something, and they would board. Wow! And we just said, "We're not going anywhere that we can't." Yeah, yeah. We can't take the kids. But that would be we hard. Take her with us. Yeah. And they tried to say, "Well, 
you know, you, you really shouldn't take a high school girl to But what an asset she was yeah, for you, you it. know? It turned out wow. she was the greatest. Yeah. Um, she hmm. know, had to homeschool some things like English. <laughs> English and math. But she went to school with everything else. She went to school with the other girls, and she was a real asset. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I, I just, I, we could sit and talk for probably four hours and have just great stories to tell. And I hate that we can't share them all, but I, um, I appreciate your glimpse into what your life was like and your church experience is very different than what my kids mm -hmm. are going through. Yes, for sure. Just, <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys so much. Um, before we close, would, would either of you like to pray for our listeners? Okay. Okay. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, I just thank you so much for this opportunity for us to sit down and have this chat and just reminisce about what it was like growing up in the ministry. I just pray for everyone who hears this, whether they be one of the kids or the parents. I just pray that um, it would just give them hope mm -hmm. that everything is going to turn out the way the Lord wants and that it would just bring them some laughs and some peace in what they're going through, that they're not alone. And I just pray for all the kids in ministry out there. Give them the peace that they need and uh, show them the love and yeah. just help them through what they're going through also dear lord and once again i just thank you for this opportunity and i thank you for these friendships and i thank you for giving me such wonderful parents yeah. and as i pray in your son's name amen amen thanks for sticking with us for that entire conversation i just came out of it smiling so much. Sierra and Esther just truly exude joy. And I could not have enjoyed this conversation more than I did. We had so much fun, as you can tell. And trust me, I edited out a lot of laughter because there was more than the microphone could handle. Um, I just, I'm just so grateful for them being willing to share all of their stories with us and uh, just to love us through them. Um, but yeah, as we head into the holiday season, I do want to remind you to check out our sponsor organization, Waypoint Church Partners. If you've never checked them out before, Waypoint Church Partners exists to partner with churches all across this region of the United States, whether it's in Maryland, Virginia, North or South Carolina, um, along with portions of several other adjoining states too. And they really just truly exist to give back to churches as well as to plant churches, which you heard some stories about today. I would love for you to check it out and also check out the events. There are some things coming up that are beneficial for you, your church leadership. Right now, there's a webinar on the calendar for December 18th called Maximizing a Short Sabbatical, which I know is appealing to many of you. Um, so I'd encourage you to check that out and be watching for more information for our March events called The Art of the Sermon. They are a favorite of mine that we do each year. Thank you, guys. I just pray that you'd have an amazing couple of weeks as we prepare for Christmas. I'll see you again soon.